You can listen to this Clairsy Shane and Kimber podcast anytime. But Jamel House of Fine Furniture's annual clearance sale is only on August 26 to 29. Google Jamel Wangara. There is a new movie that we went and saw a preview of probably about a month ago now. Mm-hmm. Amazing how time flies, isn't it? New movie from horror thriller director M. Light Shyamalan. Really? How do you say his name? I'm going to go with Shyamalan. Okay, that'll do because he just—he was on the project last <laughs> night. And he's going, "Oh, call me Nate." Yeah. Do you think that by the time we've done his name a few times now, just none of it's going to make sense? Or call him M. That doesn't really matter. But we did catch up with about three weeks ago. We caught up with a young Australian actor. She's from Perth. She's going to be a star. Her name is Olivia De Jong. And I'll tell you what, she uh, she was so unaffected by it all, but so talented at the same time. Yeah, very articulate young yeah. lady, isn't she? Really great speaker. And uh, I don't know whether you saw the project or not last night, but um, Knight was saying, and I'm going to call him that from now on, basically that he, out of all the thousands of auditions they did, and you can do, you can, you know, audition from Hollywood to around the world just by uh-huh. doing it online these days, that they picked two Aussies to be in the starring roles in this movie. Yeah, like it was coincidence. Yeah. And, the, and the young boy was just as talented. Around about three weeks ago, this young uh, Aussie star who's going to be in this movie, which is called The Visit, which uh, we'd love to tell you more about, but we don't want to give anything away. It is, it's got the greatest jump scares I've seen in a long time. Yeah, other than it's a thriller. That's yeah. what we can tell you. It's yeah. a thriller and we really enjoyed it. Some amazing horror elements in the mesh. Mm. Uh, September 24, The Visit, and uh, three weeks ago, the team caught up with Olivia de Jong. Thank you. Tell me, Olivia, you made me jump in the movie. Is there films that have made you jump in, in your life? I mean, you're a young person. Have you? This film made me jump, actually. Even when, I, when you saw the final? When I, I went in to do some ADR afterwards and there was this one scene I was watching. I, I generally, I was I freaked out. What, so. is, what does that mean, ADR? Post-recording or something? Yeah, post-recording. Okay. How many hours were you out there filming every day? Every day, I think about eight, I think, with school. Are they, they probably can't push you further than that, can they? Is there a certain no, age there's, limit there's that a, you're only allowed to? Yeah, time you have to work as well as school. You got to chuck that in there as well. So, so when you've got a director and his name is, I'm going to call him M Night uh, Shire Marlin. However you like to say it, what do you call him, and how do you say his name? M Night Shyamalan, yep. and we just we just called him Knight. Yeah, yeah, and he's picked you and Ed, this little fellow, this 14 year old who mm-hmm. is a freak talent, isn't he? Oh, he's he's incredible. We clicked as soon as we started filming. He kind of became like my best friend slash little brother, and we're still you know keeping contact. I text him, FaceTime. He's best friends with my little brother now. Right. Yeah, so. He was in Paper Plane. Ed Oxenborg, yeah. look out for this kid. He's, He's amazing. very talented. Oh, so you're 17. How do you get to make a feature film? I've been trying for a lot longer yeah, than that. He has, yeah. <laughs> Every week he's calling his agent. What have you got for me? They say nothing, Shane. How did you get into it? Well, I did some acting classes to start with. Oh, my God. It can't be that simple. (laughs) No, I started when I was really young. I started, I was about six when I started classes. And I did, you know, some adverts. I did some um, short films. And then from there, uh, we went to LA just as a family holiday. My agent at the time said, let's shoot through like a little roll of your stuff, Mm. like to all the agents. And I was like, okay. And then, yeah, we got back some, some feedback. And then, yeah, it was just... I've done a whole heap of auditions and I was, you know, lucky enough to land my first gig. Not taking away from any of your talent and or your abilities and you're clearly very eloquent, but you also have Hollywood face. So that <laughs> that's <laughs> going to help you. That helps, but yeah. Where are they screening this film? Is it happening all over the world? Yeah. I mean, it's coming out in Australia on the 24th of September. It's coming out in, I think, nationally in America. But mm. yeah, it's definitely going worldwide. Yeah. Very great. Did you rehearse this before you do the scene? Because there's, yeah. there's a lot of you... There's wrestling involved. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, you know. There's action yeah. as well as face yeah. stuff. Yeah, there was there was a lot of rehearsing before scenes, specifically because a lot of the shots are one take, which meant there wasn't a lot of time to cut if you right. sort of messed up. So a mm-hmm. lot of rehearsing. But how many cameras were there? It seemed like like just there still. Was a- 
One. One camera. One camera. So, that, like, when you do stuff with mm-hmm. another actor, you, you've got to get the rehearsal right. So oh, that, yeah. yeah. We had to work really closely with the cinematographer, Peter, because he was, you know, doing a lot of movements as in yeah, you know, as right. if we were holding, you know, the camera. And so you must have a very supportive family. I know even from oh, a young age, like, your parents dropping you off at rehearsals <laughs> and taking you to auditions and then picking the up the pieces when you don't get in. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely been a, a big learning curve for me. But they've been – they've kept me very, very grounded. I've got a very supportive family, very supportive school, very good group of friends that have, you know, kept me very grounded. Mm. Do you have a, uh, a drama teacher who uh, takes credit for your entire career? I don't do drama. <laughs> do dra- so there's no drama. one at school who goes, oh, <laughs> yes, I not. found well, the I did, She just I walked did. out of the shops <laughs> and got into a feature <laughs> <Got> a <gig>. <laughs> film. That's how it is By these night. days. <laughs> no, I did. I started doing classes. Mm. So I guess I could say it started from there. Yeah. yeah. All right, you've got your big screen deal. If you were to get a gig, I think you're going to be fine. Like I was going to say, if this doesn't work out, what are you going to do? What television show right now would you love to have a gig on? They just did the second the second season of that. It started off with Matthew McConaughey and now it's oh, oh, True, true Detective. True Detective, that would be great. Great. And at 17, it's freaky to think that in the next five or six years, you could be competing with another Aussie and Margot Robbie for roles. How bizarre oh, is that? That's very strange, but I, I love Margot Robbie. This show is sort of obsessed <laughs> with Margot Robbie. We um, I'm going to give you my She's business amazing. card and if yeah. you do meet Margot Robbie... <laughs> Give it to her. I will. I will. <laughs> not only not only did you make us jump several times with the visit, but you made us go, what a talent. And we saw these two Aussie kids in the show. But, yeah, well done and uh, good Thank to see you. you back home. Thanks so much. There she is, the uh, girl from PLC uh, on the big screen. September 24 in The Visit, Olivia de Jong. I've already forgotten how to pronounce the name. Shyamalan. Uh, just call him Knight. There's a lot going on with uh, the share market, with the international finances, and they reckon a $60 billion hit to the market. Let's find out more as our special guest, Lawrence Mooney, is here, and Scott Pape joins us, a barefoot investor. And Pape, I'll go to you first, mate, and just say, uh, should we be panicking this morning? Look, it is the biggest uh, correction since 2011, and we all remember what happened in 2011, don't we? Oh, can't stop thinking about it. It keeps me yeah. awake at night. Yeah, we didn't make no the finals. One- no one can remember. No one gives a toss. Uh, and it's just one of those things that uh, you see uh, $60 billion wiped off the share market. Yeah. And, and again, uh, as somebody who writes for the newspapers, I always look at that and think, how am I supposed to quantify that? How's the person reading that supposed to know, other than just blind panic and judging it by the size of the font that, uh, that the front page uses? <laughs> it's really kind of meaningless. So uh, obviously so- what we're seeing here is uh, another big downward movement on the Dow overnight Um, and we don't know how bad this will be for the Australian market today although we will be in the red it really is dependent on what happens when the Chinese market opens the Shanghai market uh, and uh, because that's really where the selling uh, is really coming from that's what's really dominating all the uh, the bad news. Scott when you say it's difficult to quantify can we compare it to the GFC back in 2008? Uh, not at this stage. Um, the problem, though, is uh, in the GFC, uh, despite what Kevin Rudd and Wayne Swan tell you, uh, really what kept this, sidestepped this away from the GFC was China stimulating their economy and buying a, a, a god heap of our uh, resources. That's why our mm. resource prices went up and everyone pat, patted ourselves on the back and said, aren't we smart? The problem now is there's, that it's China that looks like it's actually slowing. We don't know how much they're slowing because they're communists and sometimes they don't tell us the truth. So we have to <laughs> yeah. try and look at different things like... 
you know, <laughs> uh, uh, see what their factories are, 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 are generating and stuff. But generally speaking, what we're seeing is the the Shanghai market is down. But that is basically like going to a casino. These guys are crazy mm. at just betting on uh, the the share market there. So I don't think it's really uh, has a lot to do with the I'm- underlying Chinese economy. I've got to say, I've been doing a lot of heavy lifting in the dumpling sector. And, How's that going for you? Yeah, and I, I, I think I'm keeping my end of the bargain up when it comes to China. I mean, I mean if, you, if you look at it right, here's how I look at it. If you, if you look at it, in 1980, if you'd invested 10 grand, sat on your arm, done nothing, yep. smoked when he blues and ate dumplings, today it'd be worth about yeah. 370 grand. There you go. Check uh-huh. Yeah, tell you works. what, Papey, even if it's not finance related, when the world is on the brink of any kind of destruction, I'm going to call you because you make us feel better about everything. I just feel like everything is okay. Everything's going to be fine. It's I'm like... buying today. Man. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like your, your slippers in June. Hey, Scotty, I just want to know, mate, is the best advice? I've said it to Captain Paul, our traffic guy, uh, already this morning. If you're not about to retire, don't look at your super balance today. No, and, and and I guess the way I see it is that my wife gets really excited when uh, when the Boxing Day sales come on. I told her this morning, uh, it's sale time for me, I'm buying shares. But, yeah. um, you know, I wouldn't be panicking at the moment. As I've said in uh, to all my subscribers, just make sure you keep your five years worth of mojo if you're heading into retirement so you can write out any of these busts. That sounds easy. Five years of mojo. Start, start getting that together. <laughs> I'm going on the dumpling diet. I like that. Thanks, Lawrence. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, guys. Scott Pape, the barefoot investor, with all the info you need to know. I think we it's mentioned just like getting a big warm hug from Scott Pape. It's isn't not bad, it? is it? <laughs> it's Clairezy, Shane, and Kimber. Lawrence Mooney is with us uh, throughout the week in Shane's absence. At twenty-one after eight, she's used to answering and asking some pretty tough questions, including uh, that of the AFL boss, Gillan McLaughlin. Good afternoon, Gillan. Hello, Minister. An easy one first. When do you predict the first Eagles Dockers Grand Final will be played in the new Perth Stadium? Oh, we love it. Always great to have. Home, the Foreign Minister, Julie Bishop. Good morning, Julie. Good to see you. How are you doing? I'm really well. Great to be with you. And I'm pleased you played that question I put to Gillan McLaughlin. He didn't exactly give the answer we were looking for, though, did he? No, he, he said, dodged around a bit, didn't he? No, yeah, he, but he, sounds said like he, he sounds like he did a bit of wee in his pants. Is <laughs> <laughs> that about the MCG? We had to play there for a million years or something? Well, he said that the MCG was tied up for grand finals until 2038. Oh. And so oh. he said, you know, good luck with having a grand final in 2039 in Perth. I think that's just a little too far into the distance. And why should... Perth people, West Australians, have to travel all the way to the MCG if our two teams are playing in a grand final. It's a very mm. good point. And, I mean, 2038, I don't buy green bananas. I'm not planning that far ahead. <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone in no. 2038. Mind you, 60,000-seat stadium, you could pretty much have a GF in there. I reckon you could. Yeah. I'd just love to see all those Victorians get on the midnight horror and fly the other way, yeah. wouldn't you? Oh, you'd never hear the end of it, though, would you? Now, how many times, because, you know, in a difficult position... Bloody Victorians. <laughs> <laughs> how many times would you have wanted to sort of swallow your words? You've said something, because we know you're always being watched and sometimes you can say anything, and all of us can, and get in trouble, and but everyone else, you can let it go. But for someone like yourself, you just walked away and thought, ah. Oh, well, in fact, they often say that every time a politician faces a microphone, they're one sentence away from political oblivion. You get it wrong and you can really ruin things for yourself and your team. So we are quite careful in choosing our words. But, yeah, every now and again, someone says something and you can see them just die inside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's oh, it's delicious. <laughs> oh, it's all very well for you. But for the rest of us, we're there.
They didn't just say that, did they? Yeah, well, sometimes oh, yeah. it's more amusing when they say nothing. They don't know the facts. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me ask you a question, Julie, uh, or Minister, excuse me. Um, oh, we're all friends here. Julie will okay. do. I'm, I'm in all my right. local electorate. I'm yeah. sitting here in Subiaco just down the road from my office. So, Julie. So, let me ask you a question that's not going to get you into trouble. Um, there's obviously no leadership tensions at the moment, but if there were, wouldn't it be easier for the Liberal Party to sort it out with a triathlon? Because, <laughs> I mean, Tony's Tony's got some good times, but you're very strong. Well, and then I think he's... you'd really sort through. I don't think Joe's going to be really very strong. Not and much of a threat, no. Malcolm enjoys too much Sangiovese to Well, to we, all, we all have our strengths, but Tony's a cyclist. Jeez, good. Mm. And he's not a bad runner. Not bad. Yeah, yeah but you don't want it to be a landslide either. I mean, if no, you're going up got... against it, you want it to actually be oh, a bit of be competition. Yeah, sure, I've sure. seen your form. You, you're very sleek when you're running. Tony's got Ooh. that crab run, you know, <laughs> like a real front runner, front rower. Yeah, but that can be deceptive. You know, they, yeah. can, always, they can get you at the, at the corner. You just don't realise it's coming around the vent. Yeah, it's it would be a very good idea, though. I'm sure Australians would appreciate being able to choose their leader through a kind of mini Olympics. Oh, look, we are a very sporty nation, and, and it's obvious, like... You know, these are, these are how people make the big decisions. Well, mind you, Liberal, Labor, it's a bit like a sporting competition anyway. Mm. Mm-hmm. It? it is a little so, bit, yeah. Who, who's, who, who do you reckon across the board is physically fitter, Liberal or Labor? Oh, Liberal. Mm. Right. Intellectually, physically, in every sense. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, emotionally. Fit, fit for office. Fit I want to see office. Billy Shorten and the Prime Minister in a, in a running race. I think that would be fascinating. I think we'd all watch. I doubt that. <laughs> Oh, no, we would. Do you really think, we do you really think we'd want to sit down and watch a sort of a, a, a flat race? We're going to have a picnic day. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There? Yeah. So this, is, this would be what I would be more interested in politics. Like if this is what it was about, a little bit of running race. It just sounds like a school sports like, carnival. It's take a knockout. A, take Bring a lunch. it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a knockout. That would be the best version. The royal family did it once. They, you know, they 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 got in the pool and and had the jelly wrestle. So, and what do you think it look, did for their popularity? It probably went <laughs> through the roof. I think it it did a lot for their popularity and nothing for their dignity. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like politics. So, <laughs> absolutely, the seat of Canning's a big one, Julie, and uh, there's, a, there's a, a lot going on, and it's uh, it's absolutely it's absolutely crucial in the national scheme of things, isn't it? Well, sadly, Don Randall, mm. the local member, died in sudden and tragic circumstances. And so the people of Canning now have an opportunity to elect a member for them to represent them up until the next election, which will be within the next 12 months. So this by-election is important. I'll be in Canning today with the Liberal candidate, uh, Captain Andrew Hastie. He was in the SAS. He served in Afghanistan. He resigned from the army the other day in order to take up the candidature for the Liberal Party. And we'll Hope be, he gets in then. Well, we'll be gonna, <laughs> I quit my job for this. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, there's no safety net, is there? He's happy and, with the triathlon too. Yeah, and we'll be out and about door knocking, uh, walking around the shopping centres, meeting as many local people as we can. And I'll be there quite a bit over the next couple of weeks because the the election is on the by elections on the nineteenth of September, so right. we've only got what twenty five days, something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, not long for him to get to know everybody. But I think he'll be an outstanding member for Canning, and I hope the people of Canning mm. take this opportunity to elect a 
truly inspirational Australian. Captain Hasty does lend itself to some, you know, the, if you were cruel in the media. Uh, Captain <laughs> which, Hasty which we're not, right, Lawrence? But the media is not cruel. <laughs> no, I mean, that, sweethearts. Do those, do those words, cruel, they, media, do they fit yeah. in the same sentence? Because my wife has actually referred to me as Captain Hasty. A couple of times. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> that is far too much information. There's no rush, honey. <laughs> yeah, did we introduce you to Lawrence Mooney? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Did you have the finger on the dump button there, uh, <laughs> No, mate, no requirement. <laughs> That's why we got you on. <laughs> hey, Julie, have yourself a good day. It's always good to have you home. Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks, guys. The Foreign Minister joining us on Mix 94.5. <laughs> this Clazy Shane and Kimber podcast is now done, but Jamel House of Fine Furniture's annual clearance sale is only on August 26 to 29. Google Jamel Wangara.